0: Love Talk Radio.
1: This is our common ground, alternative activist empowerment on radio, speaking truth to our ourselves.
2: Who are you? You don't know. No. Don't tell me Negro, that's not it. What were you before? The white man means you a Negro. And where were you? And what did you have? What was yours? What language did you speak then?
0: As you honor our forefathers and foremothers, I urge you to honor our living
3: heroes. When you honor the names of Matt Turner, Harriet Tubman, and Malcolm X, I urge you to honor the names of
0: Geronimo, Gijaga, Sundiata Akoli, Mutulu Shakur, and Mumia Abu Jamal.
2: America's chickens
1: are coming home. Violence begets violence, hatred begets hatred, and terrorism begets terrorism. Our common ground, speaking truth to power and ourselves.
4: I'm Janice Graham, and I'll be listening for you. Thank you for being with us.
2: Stay tuned.
4: And good evening to you. Thank you for being with us here at Our Common Ground. It's been a tough week, no doubt about it. Tonight at Our Common Ground, uh we are bringing in, we're toning in a new feature and that is our monthly open mic night uh for you to be able to call in and join in on the conversation on any issue. I know that, I recognize that many of you, because of the features of having a guest, and we stay on, we pretty much stay on one topic uh, each Saturday night, we're going to be doing this on a monthly basis. And one of the things that I'm suggesting tonight, and I, br- I brought my list, I hope you brought your list. America is really broke. And there are even members of the leadership who do not know, who do not understand exactly where to begin. And I think that it is people who have kept their eye on the ball, people who are paying attention. And generally, those are people who listen to talk radio, who listen to... Uh, regular news programming and commentary who listen to ordinary people try to, uh, to identify and look at the issues before this nation um, so I think that it's really important for us because this is our common ground it's not Janice Graham's common ground and by the way, for those of you who are new, I am Janice Graham, and I'll be listening for you uh, here tonight at Our Common Ground. Uh, our welcome banner is out. We're here. Our number is 347-838-9852, and you can feel free to bring your agenda. But here's my agenda. I- I've been wondering a lot this week about what the Romney Factor is. I mean, we can't argue the idea that this Mitt Romney, and I live in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, and I was spared most of the time that he was here in Massachusetts as the governor, which which most people across the country don't understand. He became governor, he ran for governor of Massachusetts at a time when there really weren't any preeminent candidates. And it was a stop-off point because he was headed for a candidacy for the Senate and he needed the visibility. The other point that I want to make about when Mitt Romney ran for governor of Massachusetts There was a lot of talk, and I'm not hearing mainstream media talk about it at all. There was an awful lot of talk about whether or not he really was a resident of Massachusetts. I mean, a man with his kind of money, you could pretty much own a house in every state if you had. I mean, this man has lots of money. But there was discussion about whether or not he had moved into his Beverly, Massachusetts home because he had decided that he was going to run for governor and whether or not he had any real authentic residency in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts by virtue, not even by virtue of his CEO position at Bain Capital. So the other is whether or not the Democrats are going to be able to beat back the lying. I mean, the bald-faced lies. These people, this man is is misquoting uh, our president, misquoting representatives of our government, misquoting the facts. Bald-faced lies day after day after day. And you watch him on news reports, he's standing before a gathering of supporters, and they don't have a clue. They don't have a clue that he's that he's lying. I mean, if if I wanted to make money right now, and I had money, and you have to have money to make money, and I would start a TV, a TV network that did nothing but PolitiFact. Open Secrets, I would get the people from Open Secrets and the people from PolitiFacts and get them straightened out because they have some bias and some leanings and make sure that they're dealing with facts and have a TV network that every night people could come and listen for about two or three hours and get the facts no matter who told the lie. The other, uh, there are some other things on my list, and one, and the second thing that I'm really concerned about is what's happening down in Florida, and we're going to take a look at that. We need to talk about poverty and how we get that on the agenda. With the attacks by the, uh, the GOP and the Tea Parties and the Koch Brothers and Citizens United and the Chambers of Commerce and every other po- member member organization in the culture of greed, They're, they're attacking Social Security, they're attacking Medicare, they're attacking Medicaid, they're attacking poor people and disenfranchised people to make sure that they can maintain their positioning in this country as the upper class. This is where the class war falls. You have to have an underclass in order to be the upper class. So that's on my list. But real big right now is the voter suppression. I want to look at some issues relative to – I'm suggesting to you that we might want to talk about military police state and the whole idea of Citizens United. Thank you so very much for being with us, and you are welcome to bring your own uh, agenda Uh, to our common ground tonight and um, there we've got a couple of things that we're going to try to cover and uh, each month where we're doing this open mic where we won't have a guest you will be the guest our number is 347-838-9852 and feel free to call us and talk about Whatever is on your mind, whatever is on your priority. But what I'm asking you to do is to make sure you present it in a way that people can understand it, that people have the basics, because this is our common ground, and what we're doing is empowering each other. The number, again, is 347-838-9852. And for those of you who are listening and you would like to join Those who are in our chat room who, during the course of this broadcast, continue to have discussions about what we're talking about on the air and what you're listening to, you can come to blogtalkradio.com backslash OCG and come into our chat room. You can come as a guest or you can register yourself and make sure you get here every week. We're going to be right here at 10 p.m. every week Now you know people are late People always come late You know we work on the CPT But sometimes you miss a lot of stuff if you're not here Right as we we come in Because I try to provide at the beginning of the broadcast uh, A lot of good information So we're here at 10 p.m no matter what's happening with the weather or what's happening with trying to finish off that movie or finish off dinner, we are right here. Um, I had some very um, kind of sad news uh, in regard to black media. Uh, I don't know how many of you are aware of the Living in Black Ning Network. Uh, it's been around for about two years online. Some very fine programming, great information. I often go there to see if they, to do some do some research to see, because people post some really good information on living in black. I got an email from Kaida Awadu. Who was a, the founder of Living in Black and uh, the executive producer of the online site? And he wrote that unfortunately, our efforts to raise the money to keep this ship afloat have come to the point that we have to pull the plug. The Living in Black Ning Network has been a wonderful place to collect our thoughts and share them with the family. I advise everyone to go through the blog posts and commentaries and save them to your hard drive in the next two weeks. He advises us that he will not be renewing the membership fee and thus living in black will cease to exist by the end of June. He also expresses that he's very sorry that uh, this Vision didn't come to, fru- to its fruition, but it couldn't survive the economic downturn. For those of you who did not support LIB over the past two years, I will be able to keep in. Who did support, I will be able to keep in contact with you through the email address used. Now that <clears throat> that that is one of the things that might be on my list tonight. I think that we underestimate. We marginalize and we undervalue our own media. And then when ABC, NBC, XM Radio, Sirius Radio, whoever radio is not providing you with the information that you need, you decry racism. You decry being disenfranchised by the media, but simply that's because uh people like our common ground, the Alpha Show, India Declare, uh I declare media, um, Into the Lions Den, Global Village Voices, Black Talk Radio Network, Kermit Ely, uh Raceman or whoever. We don't value it. We think somehow it's inferior. And I defy anyone to tell me or try to make the case that either truth works or our common ground is not relevant, is not helpful, is not empowering. And, you know, if you want to take that position, our number is 347 call me. I'm not going to, I will hear you out, but the fact of the matter is that Living in Black had 8,000 subscribers. U.S. Talk Network had 20-some thousand subscribers. Now let's take a look at that for a minute. That's about 28,000 mostly black people who supported both of those networks. The cost of the operation of both of those networks, not big, certainly not the kind of budget that you would find in mainstream media. If every subscriber donated a dollar once a month, Living in Black and U.S. Talk Network would still be operating. Oh, but you—you know—you—you you, want—you want your celebrities. I was having a, a, a long talk with uh, one of our guests who will be with us on June 23rd, Reverend uh, Matthew Johnson. Um, and um, <clears throat> I, I'm really excited to have him on on June 23rd join us. I. Uh, he is um, uh, a very, very clear and prominent articulator of real problems and real solutions around the issue of the black church. He's going to be with us on the 23rd. I heard him, and I was uh, talk about the damage that Uh, this whole prosperity gospel movement in the black church has done and what it means and what are some of the intricacies and complexities around it. And uh, I'm just so pleased he's going to be with us for the full two hours, and I think that you will simply um, be enlightened and very excited and inspired about what he has to say. So... um, but I was talking to him about why black people don't support independent black media. And one of the things that he proposed as, uh, uh, as a response to that question was the idea that black people need a place to hide, and what they do is they hide in celebrity. You know, because I said to him, if you look at any of the shows on MSNBC – before um, MSNBC decided in a very concerted way that it would be liberal, because um, two years ago, before there was Ed Schultz, before there was, uh, well, right at the time they brought in Rachel Maddow, um You didn't find, you couldn't define MSNBC as being a liberal cable network. You simply couldn't do it. Um, And Chris Matthews, for instance, was certainly not liberal. He has been swayed to try to portray himself as liberal. And by the way, he's not doing a very good job. Uh, But he was not liberal but before it decidedly became what we might consider some might consider liberal some might consider progressive and maybe because of the definitions we hold about those two terms that's what's wrong with the politics in America but uh i digress we had everyone you cannot go on msnbc and see any face that has not black face that has not been on our common ground 3478389852 is our number not one and it may have been uh when we were on terrestrial radio but most of those people have been with us at us talk network uh and as we migrated to Blog Talk Radio. Who am I talking about? James Peterson. Melissa Harris Perry, when she was Melissa Harris Lacewell. Uh, Athena Butler. So few of those people have not been here. Goldie Taylor. Since we've been on Blog Talk Radio, Goldie has been with us. And then for those of you who who pride yourself on a black consciousness, and you say that you don't want to hear other people speak the language of liberation for black people, this is a network that has always, I mean, there wasn't a month at one time at Our Common Ground that Dr. Naeem Akbar, Dr. Amos Wilson, Ron Daniels, Dr. Mole the Asante, um, not one month. Oscar Brown Jr., Dick Gregory, Michael Eric Dyson when he first started becoming an author. So you see, it is a, a process. Sometimes we are blind to that. And I was so glad that Reverend Matthew V. Johnson, who's going to be with us from Every Church Must Be a Peace Church uh, on June on June 23rd, Uh, was able to help me with this because I've been um, back and forth about thinking about the possibility of canceling this show. Because talk radio is about you call me, you share information with me, I share information with you, and I share the voices that help us both build our information base. So uh, I I just wanted to say that, and I hope you'll be with us on June uh, 23rd when uh, Reverend Matthew Johnson is with us Uh, next week. uh, We are going to have a very special show uh, with um, uh, a relatively new author, but she is also an activist. Suzanne Brooks is going to be with us, and we're going to be talking about her book, The Constructive Exer- Extermination of Women of Color, Consequences of Perpetual Socioeconomic Marginalization. And I'm asking the question, I am asking the question, is there a cultural marginalization of black independent Media. I mean, we've got to, you know, we've got to think about how this whole notion of self hate and self depreciation comes in forms other than what we say to ourselves and what we say to our children. And I'm so glad to have you with us tonight. Uh, if you want to join us in our ch- chat room, It's blogtalkradio.com, OCG, and if you'd like to join us by listening, by by making the call, the number is 347-838-9852. So there you have it. My list is the Romney Factor, the Kill List, Poverty, Voter Suppression, Military Police State, and Citizens United. And before we get started and start taking your calls, And we're going to have a very special guest uh, who is also a big fan of Our Common Ground and one of our supporters. But I am also one of her supporters. Uh, We're going to be talking with Darcy Della Prosa right out of Ireland. How about that? Darcy is going to be, she's an activist and she is raising hell in America in a way that some of us won't take the time to raise hell. She is located in Carlow, Ireland, and we're going to be talking about all the various activist campaigns and causes she has gotten behind. She was recently in the States, um, and you might know her in our chat room as De La Proza, or you might know her as Irish Green Eyes. The other thing is, has anybody heard from Sarah? Where is Sarah. We're going to get started and take your calls at 347-838-9852. I do have some news items that we're going to cover. One of them is um, how the black churches are fighting to keep pastors on cable. Uh, we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about the arrest of Creflo Dollar, Mr. Dollar Bill himself, King Dollar Bill himself. Uh, the Paul troll, uh tweet. That caught my eye. I don't know if it caught your eye. Uh, Eddie Griffin, and um, he has been a guest here at Our Common Ground. He wrote a very moving blog uh, and posted it on Facebook this week, and I want to get to that if I can. Um, And, of course, we're going to talk about... um, We're going to talk about... Voter suppression and what's going on in Florida I like to talk about black history Because I think black history informs us And it also helps us to see ourselves in History helps us to see ourselves in a different light And I'm going to be talking about a woman by the name of Miss Racy Taylor Uh, Fight for Justice first started by Rosa Parks, and it's a compelling story uh, about a woman who is now 90 years old, who still stands tall and still waits for justice. You're listening to Our Common Ground. I'm Janice Graham. And we're going to get started here with um, our first profile. Thank you for being with us. On Friday, June 8th, the Lawyers Committee Under Law, led by Barbara Onwine, its director, file charges of voter rights violations against the state of Florida. They were joined by the ACLU of Florida. Barbara Onwine was our guest at our common ground last year and we asked her about the agenda for black America. This is what she had to say of the issues before us right now, in your opinion?
0: Well, I would say the two, I mean, there's, you know, the big three just jumps up at you. You know, the, um, obviously the unemployment situation is hard. Um, The, you know, incredible uh, displacement of African Americans out of the labor force, especially African American men, is the most significant we've ever seen in our history we have never had such a low labor uh workforce participation rate in our entire history of being in this country um this is you know extremely distressing the other um you know also I'm extremely concerned about you know the african american youth unemployment you know, at being recognized as being at least you know 39% but by most uh sophisticated economists Estimated to be around 54%, because uh, as we know, if you're young and you come into the labor market and you have no opportunity to work within the first three years of your, uh, of, you know, of your availability, that your chances of getting permanent employment become extremely dis, uh, diminished, and you, it's hard for you to catch up your actual, you know, working labor value in subsequent years to come. So it's it's a very distressing, you know, situation. Uh, the second,
5: and, and I should
0: add about jobs was so bad, is that so little is being done about it. Uh, mm-hmm. That no, neither party has, you know, a number one jobs bill that they're supporting, uh, that they are, you know, pushing, promoting, that the administration uh, has no jobs bill, that it is uh, promoting uh, and saying that it, you know, stands behind uh, that that is the tragedy, and that people are running for office and they're talking about quote the need for jobs, but nobody's talking about a job bills or any pragmatic way by which jobs are going to be generated and created. The time for talking is over. There's a great proposal that uh you know uh Congressman Clyburn and the Congressional Black Caucus and uh has been pushing for years around jobs that really makes a lot of sense there's a wonderful proposal that um has come out of you know the National Urban League that Mark Morial has been pushing for years on you know creating jobs and there's a fantastic proposal that uh Congresswoman Jen Tchaikovsky just introduced on Friday that would create 2.2 million jobs, uh, and would be paid for by new taxes on the, you know, rich and on, you know, corporations. So there's a lot of, you know, good ideas out there. The problem is, is that no one and no party has embraced them and said this is our number one priority. The, uh, second, uh, problem is clearly the sta- the assault on voting rights. Uh you know our people are largely unaware and uh and frankly this is an assault that is directed at African Americans uh and it's directed at Latino voters and it's directed at uh youth voters. I mean those are the targets. And basically These are, you know, Republican-led state legislatures, and I say Republican-led because for the most part, that's who's been uh, coming up with these really horrid laws. And what they do is they basically make it extremely hard for people to register to vote and for people to actually vote. So in eight states in this country, Wisconsin, Indiana, Tennessee, North Carolina—I'm sorry, Tennessee, South Carolina, Georgia, Alabama, Kansas, and Texas—they have passed uh, these restrictive voter identification laws that says that the only form of photo identification that you can use to uh, at a poll in order to be able to register or to actually vote is a driver's license or another identification that was issued by the Department of Motor Vehicles.
5: Now, mind
0: you, in all of these states, they have thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of students who have state-issued identifications, photo identifications, uh, that were issued by their universities. They will not accept those. It's so ingrained and so entrenched and so embedded in our society that I'm just amazed by it sometimes. I mean, I think that what has fascinated me uh, in the last couple years in watching the, you know, anti-Obama, uh, President Obama rhetoric has been watching how much of it is ingrained in the old stereotypes of the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. Yes. You know, the pictures Absolutely. of him You know eating watermelon. You know, the pictures of him with the bug eyes. My God, I mean that's dirty stuff, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. You know pictures of you know this, uh, you know the big sambo mouth. Uh, you know the, the pictures that yeah. make him, in, you know, have look Absolutely. like a sambo. I mean, it's Absolutely. amazing how ingrained this stuff is. How it it never dies. That it's just right under the surface, just wait, waiting to, like a weed, just waiting to, you know, pop up again. And I, uh, you know, I just think that we have to understand as activists and as people who care, that our job is never done. That uh, that because it's so embedded, uh, that we, in order to embed progress, we have to be constantly vigilant and constantly fighting and struggling.
1: Our Common Ground. Speaking truth to power and ourselves. Transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time.
4: And that was our guest back in October, Barbara Arnwine, the Executive Director of the Lawyers' Committee for Civil Rights Under Law. And on Friday, she joined her organization with the ACLU of Florida, suing the state of Florida for voter rights violations under the voter rights law. We also heard, and we'll hear later on, another, our Com- I call them our common ground voices, people who have been on this air. And, you know, I never invite someone uh, to share this microphone with me with whom I cannot say I respect you. And Judith <coughs> Brown-Dianis, who is the co-director of Advancement Project, was also with us and we'll be hearing from her on voter suppression. You know, and the thing is that you will um, say, oh, I heard Judith. So on Open Mic Friday, on Open Mic Saturdays, we're going to be featuring the voices of the people who have already been here. Because at some point, we, we cannot continue... To marginalize ourselves, you know, I was just amazed um and our number is three four seven eight three eight nine eight five two with open mic, I was amazed that although we sent out uh clean copies of the live interview that we did with Marissa Alexander. On the day that she was sentenced to 20 years in prison, that none of my colleagues in the media, no matter where they are, actually, <clears throat> in, uh, who were invited to use it, chose to use it. What's that all about? Lie. But that was Barbara Arnwine, and she is, I mean, she is just one, uh, I, you have to see her work. You have to see her be in a hearing before the Department of Justice. You have to see her going to state legislatures and taking them on, whether or not it's about redlining, uh, foreclosure, public policy, whatever it is. You have to see her in action. Our number is 347-838-9852. We're going to take a little break, and uh, I've given you – what i think my agenda is i want to talk about the romney factor uh, uh alpha in our chat room is indicating that he wants to talk about where's the jobs bill um, and and he's and he's indicating that nobody's talking about the jobs bill well, one of the things about the jobs bill, and our number is 349852, one of the things that uh, you can um, understand, you have to understand, is that um, one of the slowdowns, this is a deliberate slowdown in my mind. I don't know about you, but it's a deliberate slowdown in my mind that. Uh, businesses um, are definitely um, slowing this thing down. That's part of the plan. And if it's not a plan, they're dumb as shit. They're dumb as, as a bucket of rocks. They're waiting until the election. This is the Citizens United strategy. They are strangling their own businesses. They're strangling their own businesses. And the point of the matter is that nobody is pointing that out. Our number is 347-838-9852. There won't be any jobs because there are two things going on. One is that large businesses are shipping the work overseas so that the jobs don't show up in the U.S. numbers. The other is that those that can, I mean, when you think about it, when when I was a production manager at Polaroid Corporation, I had 325 women working out on a manufacturing floor and that was that was with two shifts 325 in the morning, 325 that came in at 3:30 for for manufacturing the job numbers are huge. We're going to go to our phone 773 is on the on the line. I think this is Alpha. Alpha, you're on the air.
1: Well good evening Janice. How are you this evening?
4: Okay. Alpha, I may have to interrupt you because I'm expecting a guest to call in from Ireland. Uh she is in that chat room, so uh Oh I'll... there she is. Can I can I put you on hold for a minute while well, I talk I'll, to her? Okay. I'll call her. Okay.
3: Back. Okay. Hi.
4: Darcy. Thank you so Hi, very dearie. much for joining us. I had talked about you earlier, but I want to introduce you to our our um audience, Darcy Della Prosa is um calling us, is joining us from Carlo. Car- Carlo Ireland. She is a very vigorous activist. All over the world, but especially in America, looking at the issues of having a world a voice in the world for justice and for peace, tell us a little about yourself, Darcy. You are uh, and about the things that you are doing as an activist
3: um i I don't know really where to start. I started about. Seven years ago, I campaigned for political prisoners Momia. Um I've done a lot of work with Scott Sisters, what I admired the the project you done with the gray hair woman project um I've done a lot with death row i I now mostly work with juveniles mhm,
2: mhm
3: you mostly
4: work with juveniles to- who are victims of both our judicial system and crimes against juveniles?
3: See, a lot of juveniles that I deal with, the majority of them, what a lot of people don't realize is they still have a death sentence with life without parole. And I came back not long ago from Detroit where I do a lot for Devontae Stamford. I do a lot in the background for Leon Benson, um, Terrence Bowen, Terrence. Sarah Cruzon um, Yep, yeah, and Silent Voices for Mississippi Mhm. Mm-hmm. Tell us about
4: Silent Voices from Mississippi w- What Silent is that campaign about?
3: That is about a lot of the prisoners in Parchment Prison down in Mississippi Which don't really have a voice Because um, you can go online, there's a lot for Texas um, But with Mississippi, they go unheard of and I've been doing a lot of work. You can check out my website on Silent Voices in Mississippi, the same as you can check out. I do a lot for a lot of other people online. I do a lot in the background, but I now my main goal is with the juveniles.
4: Well, tell us how you got involved in what seems to be a lot of campaigns in America.
3: Um I done a lot when I I did more when I was on because we did a lot on there for Troy Davis. Uh we done a lot for Momia. And then when I came on to Facebook I decided, wow, I see all these campaigns and I thought I wanted to set my own little campaign up and I had a lot of inspiration with yourself, Sister Morpheza, uh Nancy Lockhart. Um, Scotty Reed. And I had a lot of information. like a lot of teachers on there to give me the information what I was doing. And that what took me further from what my goal is now for what I'm doing. I'm coming back to the States in three weeks. I'm going up to Chicago. I'm going to, back to New York and to Detroit. I also um, campaigned for a person that got the death penalty at the age of 14 and then at the age of 19, and then they exonerated him, um, Johnny Savo, and He is an amazing person. He's a very humble person. But he's doing so much for the innocent, and he was another person that gave me an inspiration for what I'm doing.
4: Wow. You know, one of the things that I'm hoping that will happen is that people are inspired. I mean, you have really figured out from Ireland how to do this work. And I'm asking people to go and take a look at your Facebook page. That's where you start. Uh but uh where you end up is all over the web. None of your cases, whether it be Clinton Phillips or Devontae Sanford or uh when we were in when we were organizing around the, the uh the grey haired witnesses for justice, you were there. When we were organizing around the Scott Sisters, you were there. All of the organizing that you did and the information the information passing and sharing on Troy Davis for for two years before he was executed, you were there. And and I just want to thank you so much, Darcy, and hope that at some point you and I, along with um, Sister Marpessa and some others, I had suggested uh, to Ruby Sales uh, going into the October Black Women's uh, Conference in Atlanta that uh, she contact you around some of your campaigns to make sure that we were covering them. And I just want—I am so pleased and so honored to be able to feature you tonight at our Common Ground as an activist, someone who not just read the stuff or signed a petition, but you're creating petitions. You're getting—you're—you're you're getting momentum in movements around children. These are our children who are not being protected, who are being further victimized by a, an in—an in unjust system. Darcy, thank you so very much.
0: And, and
3: anytime I'd like to thank you for inviting me to your show. And I'd like to thank you, Sissima Vesa, and a few others, because I had inspirational women who were great teachers to put me forward at what I was doing.
4: Let me ask you a question. What do the people over in Ireland think about you doing all this activism over in the States?
3: I've lost a lot of family, I've lost a lot of friends, but I've gained some um, amazing teachers in what I do, and it's made me more, uh, how can I put it, it's made me more determined in my goal at what I'm doing.
4: That's And that's, I will continue
3: that's... what I'm doing.
4: That's just wonderful, and you know that you can call me late at night when things get dark. For activists, things get dark sometimes, as though people are not moving. That. People who are not moving fast enough. But you've made some really good connections, and that's one of the things that every activist has to have: as many resources. I know that you do work with Scotty Reed over at Black Talk Network that you're doing work with a number of broadcast outlets and 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 it makes a difference in activism and I'm hoping that people will be inspired not only by you but by your story and by the people who you support and uh I I just want to thank you so very much and for those of you who are listening you can go to ourcommonground.ning ourcommonground-talk And you can pick up the links of every one of the campaigns that Darcy is putting her feet to the metal of democracy and justice on. And I just want to say to you, Darcy, no justice, no peace.
3: Thank you, and thank you for having me on your show. I feel very honored. Thank you,
4: you Darcy. And you can talk with her. She's in our chat room, uh, under the moniker of Della Prosa. Thank you so very much, Darcy. And Thank uh,
3: you.
4: anytime you need this microphone, you know we are available.
3: Thank you so much.
4: That was Darcy Della Proza. You can find her at dar- uh, Facebook.com backslash Darcy dot Della D E L A. P-R-O-S-E-R, an
6: international
4: activist, Uh, joining us from Carlisle, Ireland. And I have no idea in Ireland where Carlisle is, but the fact of the matter is, as an activist, Darcy Della Proza has found a voice, and she's using it. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking with Alpha from Chicago. He wants to talk about the jobs bill. You're listening to Our Common Ground.
6: Quotes certain voice verses in the Quran, in or out of context calling for jihad and bloody war and the curse of Allah on infidels. This is the Old Testament biblical equivalent of calling for holy war. Now most Americans will just see the bumper sticker and smile and think that it's facetious. Unfortunately there are 22 million Americans or so who call themselves super conservative evangelicals. Of this a small minority Uh, might be violent, but the general atmosphere here is really getting heated. And what surprises me is that responsible, if you can put it that way, Republican leadership and the editors of some of these Christian magazines, etc., etc., do not stand up in holy horror and denounce this. You know, they're always asking, where is the Islamic leadership denouncing terrorism? Why aren't the moderates speaking out? Well, I challenge the folks who I used to work with that I talk about in my book Patience with God and I would just say to them where the hell are you? This is not funny anymore and be it on your head if something happens to our president if you are going to go around supporting and not speaking out against this stuff it's not just a question of who's doing it the bigger question is, where are the people speaking out again, against these things?
2: You don't get up and try to do something. God is not Don't put it in your lap. Oh. And there's no need of running and no need of saying. Honey, I'm not gonna get in the mess. Because if you are born in America with a black face, you're born in the mess. Look, smooth, I'm
7: You're listening to Our Common Ground. I'm Jazz Grant, and
4: I'll be listening for you. We invite you to join us on TruthWorks Network, Monday nights, Global Village Voices, with Peter E. Matthews, Mondays, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, where your world just gets better and bigger. Global Village Voices at TruthWorks Network, Mondays, 9 p.m. Peter E. Matthews will be listening for you. Your Monday just got better. Global Village Voices, 9 p.m. We know what to do on your radio. It's TruthWorks Network.
2: Take it up.
6: in into our common ground, our number
1: 347-838-9852. 347-838-9852 to get in on the discussion.
6: To join our guests to talk to
1: Janice. Make the call. This is Talk Radio that matters.
2: And now, back to Janice on our common ground.
4: It is true that our lives are filled with much confusion. You just heard a clip from uh, Our Common Ground voice and author of Crazy for God, Frank Schaefer. Thank you for being with us here tonight at Our Common Ground. We're waiting for, I mean, I don't know, um, I don't know um, if you know. But here it is, now you know, three four seven eight three eight nine eight five two is how you get in on the conversation. Uh, we were visited by our friend and international activist, Darcy Della Proza. We're talking about the Romney factor. We're talking about the kill list. You, you know about the kill list, right? I, I, you got to know about this kill list. Tuesday morning Uh, They decide who gets killed. Your president is the moderator of the meeting. (laughs) And we haven't talked about that very much. Uh, It's very disturbing. It's very disturbing. It's disturbing uh, from the point of view that, um, is this the president that I voted for? We're talking about poverty. We're going to go into voter suppression, police. And whether there's a military, a permanent military police state in America, and you can call us. Our number is 347-838-9852. And if uh, you don't, we're going to move into our segment about voter suppression. I know I had Alpha on the line, and he hasn't called back um, in as yet. So I'm... Um, I don't know if I'm supposed to be waiting for him, or what are you doing, Alpho? 773, where are you? Um, We also want to remind you that our network, TruthWorks Network, has um, some fine programming uh, over there, Monday through Friday. Monday, Global Village Voices with Peter E. Matthews at 9 p.m. And... um, On Tuesday nights, it's Power Views, uh, where the truth is rebroadcast uh, over and over until we get it right. Uh, On Wednesdays and Thursdays, it's Enter the Lion's Den at 10 p.m. And on Fridays, it is The Alpha Show, just damn political pushback talk radio. Uh, I did mention to you that I wanted to to, to go over a history note. Um, Racy Taylor at ninety is standing tall and still waiting for justice, and she her story has been told and gotten through on the internet by way of the Root, Feel Negro, and some other African American and progressive bloggers, Um, and you can go to atthedarkendofthestreet.com to get her story. She was a 24-year-old sharecropper, and she sets out along the town's fertile peanut plantation accompanied for a walk home with two other worshipers from the African-American congregation in uh, at the Rock Hill Holiness Church in the Black Belt of Alabama. Moments later, a green Chevrolet rolls by, and their routine journey takes a horrifying turn. Racy Taylor and two other of her sisters. Wielding knives and guns, seven white men get out of the car. This is September 3rd, 1944. They get out of the car, according to Taylor and the witnesses from a state investigation of the case. One shoves Taylor in the back seat. The rest squeeze in after her and ride off her panicked friends run to tell the sheriff. After parking in a deserted grove of pecan trees, the men order the young wife and mother out at gunpoint, shouting at her to undress. Six of them rape Taylor that night. Once finished, they drive her back to the road Ordering her out of the car again before roaring off into the darkness. So that's a nineteen forty four story. But days after the brutal attack, Taylor's stories traveled through the word of mouth catching the attention of a Montgomery NAACP activist named Rosa Parks, a seasoned anti-rape crusader who focused on the sexual assaults of black women that were commonplace in the segregated South. Parks would eventually help bring the case International notice, despite the efforts, however, in Jim Crow-era Alabama, Taylor's assassins, assailants, were never punished. So we fast forward to today. Days after the Roots report on the brutal attack, Taylor's story still travels, this time not only by word of mouth, but also through the Internet through black bloggers, and then through word of mouth, catching the attention of thousands of bloggers and readers throughout the U.S. and around the world. Today, it's not only the Montgomery NAACP activist named Rosa Parks who would eventually help bring this case international notice. Today, it is the Internet and blogs, New Black Woman, Marion's blog, Black Femme, Black Buzz, New Black Man, Damn Theory of 2010, African American News and Commentary, and many other black and progressive blogs. So if you underestimate the power of what writing is, then you have to read the story of what has happened with racy taylor you can find her story at FrancesHolland.blogspot.com. i think we have to know this kind of history to understand the resources and the power of what we can do tonight i'm really Focusing on activism because it is not enough for us to just get together and talk. And that was the power of community radio. I was a, I was a much better, more competent, more powerful talk show host when I were when I was talking to people who were located in one place and we could work on the issues of that place. Now because I'm on Block Talk Radio and I'm talking to people in Ireland and South Africa and for those of our international listeners welcome 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 I am talking I'm having to talk about issues in a much broader aspect to conceptually conceive of some of the answers in a much broader as even to have callers uh to talk about their issues in a much broader context. Our number is 347-838-9852. Okay, I'm going to go on to my next, uh, I guess, I guess Alpo said that nobody's talking about the jobs bill, and I'm saying nobody's talking, uh, he's not even talking about the the, uh, jobs bill. (laughs) I did have to interrupt him and ask him to hold on, uh because um Darcy was calling from Ireland and there's a cost in in all of that. So um Alpha you cannot say that I didn't wait for you to call back. I did wait for you to call back. But we're gonna move on to the problem of Florida and um what's happening in Florida. Let's try to get a semblance of what the Florida governor is doing, uh, that that should make you not only shake your head, it should make you break out in a cold sweat. Voter suppression. <laughs>
8: The problem with the Florida effort is that it runs counter to the National Voter Registration Act which says you can't do this within 90 days of an election. Uh, You can successfully do that which Florida is trying to do as has been done and has been approved by the Justice Department in North Carolina and Georgia. They did it the, uh, the right way.
5: Well it's it's a complex issue because the supervisor of elections or the local election officials really don't work for the governor, we don't work for the legislature, for the most part we're independently elected from our counties to ensure that the process works smoothly at the county level and we're decentralized historically. What the governor is doing is trying to essentially rewrite the entire process in Florida at the eleventh hour trying to make us the local officials subservient to his statewide policy but as independent political officials our own general counsel ron labasky sent us a memo last week which basically said the state is probably in violation of the national voter registration act of nineteen ninety three and as a twenty four year veteran of elections administration i was around when the nvra was passed and section eight of the law absolutely does prohibit a state from conducting a systematic purge, with a few exceptions. Well, uh, unfortunately, I think this voter purge is really being done for political reasons, not for pragmatic reasons, i.e., it's not because that that anyone at the state has decided there's lots of numbers of of non-citizens who are registered to vote The governor here was elected basically as a Tea Party candidate. That was was his uh, uh, self-described moniker and quite frankly that base believes, for example, that Barack Obama didn't even win the 2008 election, that it was stolen through voter fraud. And this kind of extremist view is really what's motivating, I believe, this kind of a purge at this late hour. It does fulfill a campaign promise that the governor made to his supporters to root out this systematic voter fraud, which as an election official, I can tell you, quite frankly, doesn't even exist as a problem in this country. In the state of Florida, for example, there are far more public officials indicted for corruption, 781 in the last decade, than there have been even arrests for voter fraud, 178 Uh, cases have been turned over to the Florida Department of Law Enforcement. Of that, only 11 cases even resulted in arrest. There is no systematic problem with Florida's voter registration database. This is a controversy, in my opinion, made for political reasons to motivate a base in a presidential election year. And quite frankly, the threat of just using politics or any means necessary to win at any cost I think that does threaten the very existence of this republic.
4: For those of you who are not clear about what this issue is, uh, there are two things. The governor of Florida has had his secretary of state send out an order to purge nearly 180,000 people from the voter registration rolls in the state of Florida. There are 67 counties in Florida. Every one of those county election officials, which you just heard Ion Sanchez, who is the elections commissioner for Leon County, which is Tallahassee, the the capital seat is is Tallahassee, and the capital... Uh, The major city in Leon County is Tallahassee, and they are all refusing to do it. If you are not clear about what voter suppression is, it's a strategy to influence the outcome of an election by putting into place policies and laws which discourage or prevent people from exercising their right to vote. You heard Sanchez says, say that, although the governor is purporting that there is a problem of voter fraud in Florida, I, I love, and I, I, I know you can have a, an appreciation for this, Doc Don. San, Sanchez, the voter elections commissioner for Leon County, indicated that there were more people going to jail elected officials in Florida going to jail than there are people who have actually violated any election fraud law over the last ten years. Did you hear that? Do I have to play it again? Our number is three four seven eight three eight nine eight five two. Let's hear from you about what you are thinking that is going on in regard to uh Florida. Now, one of the, the important points I want to make, you know, it's really interesting. The election uh between George Bush and John Kerry. I mean, I'm sorry, not John Kerry. Um the former vice president um help me out somebody was stolen in the state of Florida. Um, The election, the second-term election of George Bush was stolen in the state of Florida. And I don't know how many of you have read that recently last week there are now questions being raised about whether or not uh, the recall election that was held in Wisconsin whether or not there were some irregularities having to do with the voting machines in some of the counties in Wisconsin. But Florida has always been the testing ground. And um, this election of between Mitt Romney and President Barack Obama will be fought, and waged in the state of Florida, Ohio, Virginia, and Michigan. Our
2: number is
4: 347 838 9852. We want to hear some more about some people who are
7: working on the issue of voter suppression. I mean, first of all, country. we'll be um, filing a lawsuit under the National Voter Registration Act. We have to step back and look at what has happened here. Florida always likes to be on the cutting edge of voter suppression. (laughs)
2: They're innovators in
7: voter suppression, and so what they've done is they've taken a a page out of the playbook of the Republican voter suppression model, right, which is it's not just voter ID that we saw that passed in nine states over the past two years, but it's also these purges, and that's how you win elections, and why people should care is because in 2000, it was 537 votes that that election came down to. Yep. Here we're talking about 180,000 potential voters who could be purged, mostly Latino, but we also need to know that it impacts the elderly, yep. it impacts college students. So, you know, so this is a broad play that they're going for and, you know, we're going to fight it and DOJ is stepping in. So it's great that we're, we're you know, really anteing up and the governor's decided to be recalcitrant. Yeah, right. This is, so I read an article, that I'm not sure I agree. But it says he's standing in the schoolhouse door. Right. This idea of massive resistance and in a purple state with twenty nine electoral college votes. Right. I mean, it's one thing to do this in a state that's likely to be Democrat or Republican. But I mean, Florida might decide the election
5: and you know that when you look at the statistics of the names on the on that yep. in this purge it's 58% hispanic i believe 14% african american right. so it's mm-hmm. quite blatant and it's very troubling it's very uh, disturbing local,
7: local election officials are saying hold on, we are not getting in this partisan mess, mm-hmm. and we're not going to be it sued. Because they, know, they yeah. know that we'll it's come you. for them, too. Yeah, right. <laughs> There's only two words to say. State rights. This is what this is about. He's trying to assert the state right to do whatever they want to do. And you can read this back, Bull Connor, all the rest of them. Yeah. We're doing the same old thing again. We're disenfranchising people.
6: Yeah. We should be having a discussion about how to expand our democracy and get everybody to the polls. And instead we're forced to have this discussion and fight these battles around voter suppression. It's it's amazing to me how in the 21st century we're still having this fight around the age-old tactic if you can't win the election, you just exclude people from voting in the first place.
7: And if you win because you have better ideas and a better ground game and more voters choose you, fine, right? But if you win because you have purged actual citizens from the polls? change the laws and then, you know, changed the rules of the game and all for partisan gain. And it's really about undermining democracy. That's what they're trying to do, to cut off participation so that the people who showed up in
3: 2008...
4: Undermine democracy undermine their democracy and a little bit of democracy that you get. You're listening to Our Common Ground. You can join us in this discussion at 347-838-9852. What are your thoughts about what's going on in Florida and what the solutions are? I know that um, we have to begin. This is where we have to be. We have to begin to understand that, whoever is in the White House pulls the strings of whoever is in under the Capitol Dome in the States. Now that hasn't proven to be true uh with President Barack Obama, the first African American president, because white supremacy reigns and the bold-faced way in which racism is playing out uh, with this administration also reigns. Our number is three four seven eight three eight nine eight five two. I'm wondering if people in the chat room, people are listening. Have you all gone to gone to sleep? I mean, yeah, I could talk about. Uh, Erica Duba, um, not Erica Duba, Erica Badu. <laughs> uh, that must have meant something, Michelle, if I'm calling her Duba. Uh, Erica Badu, I could talk about uh, what's happening with Creflo uh, Dollar, but it, it's really not at the top of my list. Um, I mean, when I communicated with you about this program, uh, I, I really didn't put it at the top of my list, but if you want to talk, if those are things on your mind tonight, at three four seven eight three eight nine eight five two, the mic is yours. Uh, we can also talk about what's happening with Creflo Dollar. For those of you who have not heard Creflo Dollar, the famous, uh, infamous um, prosperity gospel um movement leader out of uh Georgia was arrested on Thursday for assault on his 15-year-old daughter. What was going on? Uh what was going on was that she wanted to go to a party. He thought her grades did not warrant her going to the party. She became upset and started crying, removed herself from the room where he was. He went into the room. She was crying, and he asked her what was wrong with her. I mean, we're talking about a 15-year-old daughter, uh, a 15-year-old girl, and there's always something wrong with the 15-year-old girl. But he ended up... According to the police report, and I have read the police report because I don't like, I knew somebody would want to talk about this. Uh, According to the police report, he slapped her, rustled her to the ground, removed his shoe, kicked her, and began to beat her with. The shoe, and when the police arrived, they found that she had some uh, superficial injury, but nothing serious. But a, by the test, the testimony or the witness report by her older sister and by her mother, Creflo Dollar was arrested and charged with simple battery and cruelty to children. After this fight The altercation as I said Was over whether she could attend the party And he was released on Thursday From Fayette County Jail On $5,000 bond And he released a statement Which as he always does And you know some of you will know That I talk about him quite often It begs the issue He indicated that as a father, and this is a quote, as a father, I love my children and I always have their best interest at heart at all times, and I would never use my hand to ever cause bodily harm to my children. And if I had one of those screeching sound effects, I would have a screeching sound effect right at, the, at that point. Um, he goes on to say, quote, the facts in this case will be handled privately to further protect my children. Another screeching sound. Somebody make the screeching sound sound effect. My family thanks you for your prayers and continued support. That is a statement from Creflo Dollar, and you and I both know that this child will never be protected. And according to the police report, this is the second incident of an assault on this child by her father. If you want to talk about it, 347-838-9852. And maybe you want to talk about uh, the, the mother, um, who the family, who cheered their friend on at his high school graduation, the policy was that there would be no cheering and no uh, applaud until all graduates had been had received their diplomas and while one student was um getting his diploma people in the audience applauded and did the screeching and all that craziness that people do at graduations and the school is now refusing to award him his high school diploma, and he won't be able to enter college in September without it. See, at the beginning of this broadcast, and because you're all working on CP Time, I said America is broken. America is broken and we have the responsibility to bring some fixes. Our number is 347 So that might be another news story that you want to ponder. Two news stories. Creflo Dollar arrested for assault on his daughter. And one of the things, you know, don't let me go off on a tangent tonight. On open mic, I really want to leave this mic open to you, but I think some of you have just simply gone to sleep. 347-838-9852, we're still open. We have no calls. That's one of the things I miss about terrestrial radio. I never had a broadcast where I could take all the calls. Yeah, I'm complaining. 347-838-9852. Um... I do have guests sometimes even who say, wow, I expected to get more calls uh, than I got. Um, But, you know, I'm not breaking out in a cold sweat.
7: I'm Janice Graham, and you're listening to Our Common Ground.
4: Push Go for it, Alpha. Friday, ten PM. Pushback to the truth. It's the Alpha Show. At Truth Works Network. Only at TruthWorks Network. Hey India, it's Janice. Us talk chicks got to stick together. You and your real raw Right now, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Monday through Friday. And me and my brave, black, and bold, Saturdays, 10 p.m. There's no doubt, us talk chicks, we know where the real talk is, and we know what to do on their radio.
2: You. It's
3: a cold and crazy world that's raging outside, but baby me and all my girls are bringing on the fire. Show a little leg, gotta see me your chest.
2: Power round,
3: power round. Our common ground speaking, club to power and
2: ourselves. I'm Dennis Grant. Saturdays, 10 And you declare eleven AM to one PM, Monday through Friday. Blog Talk Radio. I declare Common Ground.
4: And thank you for being with us here at our Common Ground. Obviously, we're having some problems. There you are. Oh my goodness. I refreshed the studio board and woo. We've got four four and seven seven three. Seven seven three it's Alpha on the line. Alpha you weren't showing up. None of the calls were showing up.
2: Well
1: I guess not. <laughs> How are you, Janice?
4: How I'm you? doing
1: good. My brother, my brother, my brother. Let me say this. And I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. are they, you know, you played a clip of uh, they were talking about the Florida uh, voter suppression, and all I uh-huh. heard
4: is, that was yeah. from the M- Melissa Harris uh, Perry yeah. Yeah. show
5: this right. morning,
4: right? And they it were was laughing. Judith Judith Brown-Dianis, who is, has been who was a guest here just a few months ago.
1: Okay, okay. But what I heard basically was, you know, they cracked a the joke. It was funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why will they not have the courage to call this exactly what it is? This is pure, unadulterated, like steel-cut oatmeal. This is racism at its basic, basic element. This is pure and unadulterated. <coughs> Well,
4: you know, Alpho, we still have a a problem in this country. People do not want to talk about race, and I'm hoping that all of the people who are listening to us tonight will move forward from that position, because you can talk race with courage and with hope. And you're absolutely right. I, I think that the supervisor of elections from Leon County, but he laid it out. He said they're lying, they're scheming,
1: and they're deceiving. But, but, Janice, Janice, you know, I understand people who have reservations about speaking about race. That's because they have so demonized and vilified things like affirmative action, things like the race card. There is no race card. The deck is race, and it has been race for the longest. It fell, racism, the race card and affirmative action fell right behind liberalism and other things that they sought to destroy as an honest comeback. See, these are the truth. And these liars and these schemers, they initially, this is what they destroy first. They destroy your ability to effectively call them out and complain about it. When you see people sitting back and not saying a word about the lies that Mitt Romney has been telling, that's because they've been indoctrinated not to challenge him. And if you challenge him, then if any reporter challenges him, they will lose access. They won't let him on the plane. They won't uh, uh, let them as on the on the uh, rope line to ask. Let me let me ask you a question,
4: and... Alpha. Let me let me ask you a question and it's to your point. When was the last time you saw Goldie Taylor on, on National Network?
1: Maybe two weeks or a month ago. Yeah? What did she say then? Well she would she spoke up a little on but see that's the whole thing, it's not it's not that people who speak on racism? They cut them off,
7: mm-hmm. and,
1: and it 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 turns into a a misnomer. It turns into a a dark issue. It turns into a you better not say it aloud on uh, the public airways, or we won't ask you back. So Goldie Taylor has been basically exiled from the mainstream media, and instead mm-hmm. of Goldie Taylor continuing speaking truth to power, she will cower in the corner and never mention it again. Well, that's not true. Well, I mean, there are is. some people
4: who who don't value celebrity over truth. Oh. Um, <clears throat> I mean, one of the things that we have to do is we have to challenge the people that we do here. I well, mean, Dennis, I, I, if sure. you look at the roundtable of people that that's featured in that clip, uh, the Roosevelt Institute, uh, Tulane University, and MSNBC, um, the Advancement Project. I mean, these. But my point is that we have to be activists and empower their voices by saying. Judith Brown, Diana said this and it clearly makes the point about how racism works. We have to we have to be the one saying the last sentence. Not just us in independent media, but regular people. Well we people have to go we have to go on Melissa Harris Perry's blog and say the show clearly defined that race is the issue that racist folks i mean i mean you had a commissioner uh, elect, uh, elections commissioner from Leon County who essentially said Rick Scott is a tea party governor and he is serving the people who elected him and the promises that he made when he campaigned for governor oh. so we, we have to say to the people who we elected why can't you say that you are a, a, a liberal socialist, and that's why you purport the,
1: the 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 positions that you do? Because liberal socialist has been vilified to the max. But, but, but the Tea be...
4: Party has been vilified in our own community. Oh, no,
1: no, no, no. They haven't. They have been. They have been demonized and vilified by progressives and liberals, and they are. And I got to tell you, progressives and liberals—they're not lying about these people. I was listening, and uh, you had asked me, had I had I watched the uh, the final minutes of Bill Maher, and he was speaking about Occupy Wall Street. Oh, he was speaking about the old W and Occupy has a theme, and they had a theme, why can't they be? Now, do you believe Occupy would support the Republican side? No. But what Occupy has been, what has been done, they have been warned by the right not to be uh, co-opted by the left, so they backed off when all Occupy has to do is to get involved.
4: Mm-hmm. And if
1: they get involved and they do the same thing to the Democratic Party that the Tea Party has done to the Republican Party, there will be no yesterdays uh, compromises. And you are from uh, we, we we will reach across the aisle. They have taken the aisle, and the aisle is has is, is been divided by a sea of uh, fire and and lava. Nobody wants to reach across the aisle for anything, and the Republicans are the ones who have moved further to the right. And either you come over where they are, or it's their way of the highway.
4: Mm -hmm. Well, one of the reasons that I think that, you know, there are two things that are going on in this country. One is that uh, progressives and liberals uh, activists, as well as as commentary uh, co- uh, uh, commentators, as well as news reports. At the beginning, when this wave of racism started openly in our media, which was about a month after President Barack Obama was elected, nobody wanted to say it. Uh, I know that in the black independent media. We were saying it but nobody wanted to say it. And it has it is almost snowballed to the extent that it is beyond reason. It is absolutely beyond reason and it is causing our country to be broken morally, our country to be broken in all of its major systems of democracy. Judiciary, law enforcement, in this because of this environment, Alpha, I think that we have slowly seen the development of a permanent military state. Alpha, I'm going to ask you to hold on for a minute, uh, because I do have somebody else that was holding and I couldn't see the call. But I, I do want to continue this conversation with you, Because I know that on your show, The Alpha Show, you've been doing a lot of work about trying to challenge people to tell the truth. Just tell the goddamn truth. 404, you're on the air. I respect you. Thank you for holding.
8: Thank you, Ms. Graham. God bless you guys. This is Stuart Clinton, and uh, I've been listening to you and following you.
4: Stuart Clinton,
8: before you make your
4: comments, I do want to tell my audience. You are one of the most active uh, supporters of this program. Uh, and I want to thank you so very much uh, for the work that you do of getting the word out that we are here. Thank you so much, my brother. Good to have you uh,
8: with us. Are you in our chat room? Um, I'm just on the page. I haven't pressed any oh. buttons to get in the chat. And I'm, I'm okay. always getting attacked. My computer's shutting down. They always get me. <laughs> Okay, well let's get
4: let's get you in on this conversation.
8: Oh yes, ma'am. Um, I just want to give give publicly, you know, your praise, your due praise, and and brother Alpo. Well, thank as you. Well, and and all of the people you've been a mentor to me. I want to say that for sure. Um, as as few people have in terms of the 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 articulation, the manner in which you have articulated all of the various issues that are the that dynamic and the flow of them, the way that they need to be articulated to, to what I believe is the masses. I'm just an ex-military, you know, world traveler, raised in the South Bronx, artist, as you know. You know, i got a lot of little things behind me. But the um, military and traveling around the world, as a humanities major prior to that, it allows you to see what dialect is actually working among all human beings, you know, and uh, and, and as, a, as a as an artist and a spiritual person in that respect, it has been a journey that it, it, I think fuels whatever it is I have to say when I open my mouth and gives me some authority to speak and state that, because that's what we need to be, humans, you know, focusing on humanity in terms of reality. Uh, and it's getting to that point where I believe that the consciousness is getting there, where the same universal dialect that you use and Brother Alpo uses and so many others who are professional communicators use, is we're getting there, but it's a race between us and the oligarchy. And uh, and they're they're doing everything they can to use their most powerful weapon, which is the media, to shut us that 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 conversation or that unity to shut it down. So mm-hmm. I, I just wanted to say that. But um, on on the multiple subjects, um, I do, I'm trying to get out so I don't you know take up too much of your time. But on the multiple subjects concerning. Number one, the oligarchy slash 1% slash, you know, the Occupy movement, which is not dead, is just learning, right? In my opinion, they're learning. They're actually they're taking individual issues and going out themselves and, and bringing attention and methods, methodologies of dealing with them and empowering people through their individual network. Thank God, you know. That's what I would hope had happened when Barack got elected and he begged everybody to help him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, he made
4: it very clear. I mean, just like... Rick Scott made it clear in his campaigning that he was going to cleanse. It's, it's, like, a, it's like a genocidal cleansing
2: mm-hmm.
4: of the voter rolls in the state of Florida. He is doing it. Barack Obama, when he was running for president, said to us, I cannot do everything, and I can only do those things that I'm forced to do.
2: Mhm. Mm-hmm. And we
4: have failed in our responsibility yes, to ma'am. ensure that all of the issues that are important to us are in front of him and in front mm-hmm. of him in a very aggressive mm-hmm. way in mm-hmm. order for him to to
8: have to deal with them. We didn't yeah. do it. Yeah. Yeah. Mhm. I think once we find once we admit that to ourselves, in fact uh, I've been pushing that argument in the more radical uh Black or you know movements and things you know I'm um, you know, like a, a Black Agenda Report and so on uh, and they 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 haven't been able to respond to that challenge because I was I was there I mean I joined Move On and and my Barack Obama and I did, I wasn't out there very long but the, I was out there through all of the issues during that first year either volunteering my time going to to learn how to be activist be an activist you know how to serve and and approach these members of Congress and so on in my community and so on but um, and that, and I learned a lot, you know, and then I came in, into some other issues concerning what I felt was um, really agendas beyond that agenda. So yeah. I, I really felt that going back to the Internet, which is where I was before that, and thanks to Barack, that's how I got involved with politics like I am now in the first place, you know. But um, I learned so much over these last three, four, three and a half years that um, – I felt that the internet and whatever communication skills I had were better served and reach more people. Because I mean, come on, let's face it. You can go into uh, YouTube. You can go into all the various magazines, the biggest magazines in the country. You know, you can you can hit all of these places just by going into those to their, their um, into their comment section and and progressing uh-huh. the right. conversations there. You know, that's that, right. That works. It's great. great yeah. you know, for me. You know,
4: know, it's really interesting that you called tonight, Stuart, because I'm sitting here, I'm looking at my notes, and I have your name written right here uh, (laughs) to thank you for all the work that you've been doing for passing the word on this show. But also because you have such a great eye for all of the issues that are necessary for us to, to continue not to be distracted from.
8: And deceived yes, 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 amen, thank you, sister. I mean, I just I and just, thank just, you for your
4: service Stuart. i I didn't realize that you were ex military, yes, thank ma'am. you for coming out of it with a good and solid mind. Not amen. very many of our Servicemen do,
8: amen I know. all praises due to God Allah uh you name it chakra, you know, you name it, you know I. Saw. Mm-hmm. You know, hotel, you know, you made it. Um, but uh, that, that I did go through some issues in the military, but I wasn't one of those brothers who, uh, well, I came from the South Bronx, first of all, so I was already a soldier before I joined the yeah. military. So, you know, yeah. and being a an only son in the South Bronx with two women, my mother and my sister, you know, having to protect them. I was doing push-ups and stuff at 11, 12 years old. Crack, teaching myself how to fight in the privacy of my room. You know what I mean? I had to save people's lives and all that stuff before I ever joined the military. So thank God for art. When you say have a great eye, uh, the art, my mother yeah. encouraged me to be whatever I wanted to be. And as a result of me pursuing the visual arts and then having that, it actually came over and, and helped me deal with so much internal anger and hate. first We had shootouts. I, li- I lived in five locations of the South Bronx, not just the South Bronx, you know. In those twenty-five years, it was the worst uh, reputed to be, and still is. They even put a painting up in the, in the Guggenheim Museum, where it was the worst uh, murder capital, crime capital, and everything else capital. That neighborhood, you know, not not that state, not that city, not that borough of the Bronx, the South Bronx only. You know, that's the, the you know the movies that came. I, I lived yeah. on Fox Street, you know, Fox Street, where they call us Fort Apache. You know, I lived there for like three or four months i lived in university all of those areas during the time of the gangs, and you know, i had to fight to stay out of gang and i don't know how i live but i do know and it's the spirit you know the spirit that that came yeah. from my heritage from my ancestors that fortunately made it through to my mother and to me that uh enabled me to empathize with the people who mugged me i got mugged five times never got hurt you know um, I got been surrounded by five guys with sticks and guns and stuff. Not guns, but I had a gun to my head once, a knife to my throat. Never got hurt through none of that stuff. And every time I can accredit it to one thing, and that is love of my brothers, who was actually tra- trying to accost, you know, to, to harm mm-hmm. or take whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, love of them. That love translated into in, into strengthening my my understanding of human beings, of myself. You know, I, I humbled myself at a point where I was being subjected, but at the same time I was able to empathize with the question within myself as to what would God say to this person or to myself at this point? This gun is at wow. my head. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, after you've done that a few times and survived it, it becomes the answer to your whole life. So and the visual arts was the, was the avenue to which I was able, you know, God bless me to to, to express Whatever it was, my solutions were for my, my hood. I mean, I went to school, to, to, to Spain schools, uh, school, uh, I went to school of Visual Arts, Art Students League, Music and Art High School, and, and those were my foundation schools. On so city college, I went to City College for a year, and that was during the time of the, of the Renaissance. You know, I call the Renaissance the hip-hop slash graffiti slash, you know, all of those eras of the South Bronx where all of those things were born. Uh, Don Lewis was one of my classmates. I don't know a lot of people like you, but I didn't. I didn't know them. But it was the famed school, as far as how many, you know, Diane Carroll graduated from there. Flip Wilson, a lot of famous black folks. It was a very prestigious school. You had to, have, you know, be a specialist to get in. there you, know, you had to be good to begin get in there, and all yep. of that stuff. But um, at the same time, and Curtis Blow, I got to give props. He he was there a year. He was a year ahead of me, and he dropped out during the time I was there. So this was the birth of the hip hop movement. You know. The thing that could have been, what Occupy is doing now, you know, so to speak. But once that we got so strong, it got so strong with those positive messages, like, don't push me because I'm close to the edge, you know.
2: <laughs> it,
8: it, it, mm-hmm. it, it, it was it was prime target for cooptation of of something much uglier by the music industry, you know, and, yeah. and they they made sure they destroyed that. So uh, it's I don't know. But in any case, back to the issues, though. I mean, seriously. These All of the issues are really, I just want to say that's the result, in my opinion, of one thing. And and it is, well, two, three things, actually. But the media is number one, control of the media number one. But where does that come from? That comes from the oligarchy, slash, the wall, slash, the International Monetary Fund and its history. I hope people get into and learn what this whole usury system, it goes way back, really, to, to 2,000 years ago, all the way back to Samaria, as far as the usury uh, aspects recorded in history of using the same system to oppress and control and defeat and 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 despair of one group of people to run it but that system is obsolete in terms of the technology we have now there's no mm-hmm. need to oppress anyone anymore we, the technology is so beautiful you know i mean it, it, it's like it's not it, people think it's science but fiction you, but you, you know
4: one of the things you you say all these glowing things about both the technology and mm-hmm. and why we don't have to be in the place where we are. And mm-hmm. Michelle, in our chat room, has said mm-hmm. uh, maybe 20 minutes or 30 minutes ago before you came on mm-hmm. that love is the answer. Yeah. And I look at your art, and it's beautiful art. Thank
0: you. But
4: the thing is that we live in a parallel universe. From mm-hmm. the people who are taking over.
8: Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. yes. Yeah, they they're in the You think
4: that the Koch brothers, as much money as they give to the arts, they are doing mm-hmm. it for a reason, mm-hmm. not because they believe art is a form that mm-hmm. that lifts mm-hmm. us up as a nation.
8: Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I, I can definitely agree with that. Yeah. Um, I I, I want to interject. Go ahead, sir. So, so. Uh, because the art thing. Art. I don't I don't know what the, Cox, the, the Koch the brothers do with it. I know they tried to take over uh as far as the fame school itself, really. Um the uh, they put they got their name put up on the on the, the the down in um uh Jesus. Uh me and team price, where did she go to school? Hofstra and um was it the the city city center, the main center where the school moved to in 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 Manhattan, it it houses the opera and and the dance specialists. It's it's like the highest school in the city. But um, they put their name under the big big protests against them and everything. But um, the art, as far as that goes, I personally I was a media major and an illustration major major and a, and a visual communications major. But I was considered a prodigy at age eleven, and um, those are the I chose those things. You know, for, for obviously r- obvious reasons. But when I got out there and started trying to function in that or, or investigate uh, what it had to offer, I, I could throw up. You know, I, I, I left that alone, alone a long time ago. Just because, I mean, before I even got out of college, I gave up on trying to be a, 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 a really a meekier person because mm-hmm. of what you're saying. They control from then. You know, I could see then just the way, you know, people would, would look at the work that I did and, and then. Be all, you know, glowing and, and happy about it. But once they found out either where I lived, <laughs> which was like 346 East, 156th Street in the South Bronx, you know, the hub of the South Bronx. It was time, over. It was mm-hmm. over. You know, they, they they wouldn't even open my portfolio, let alone yeah. call, call me back yeah. sometimes,
5: you know. So, well, it but, was but
8: so
4: that, good to hear from you, Stuart, tonight. Thank you, man. Um, because, you know, we've got to have ears and eyes from a lot, multidimensional. Yes, ma'am. And you are one of the ears and eyes, and we're so glad to have you. I've got to go back to Alpha still yes.
8: holding on for me, and we've got to close thank, thank this you for, out. Thank you, for, you know, thank you, thank him, thank thank God. You know, at least the small voice, which is the, the, the truth, can be strong enough and powerful enough to penetrate all of this nonsense and, and, and for, focus... I think Barack has a choice to be either on the side of truth. He's trapped, as Brother Apple said on his show, he's trapped, and then other brothers said on their show, trapped between the fact that he can't get elected, he can't be, be a, a moral person and get elected at this point. You know, he's even got to, you know, and, and he's got to make a choice, and that's go all in with that truth and, and depend on humanity to, to override this whole system of, of communication or not. And with that I'll mm-hmm. share God bless all of y'all. And uh, thank, thank you, you ma'am.
6: Uh,
4: Stewart Stuart Clinton, one of our uh Facebook friends and he is a friend to this show and we thank him uh for his call. We're gonna go back to Alpha. Alpha you know, Stuart is absolutely right that the arc has to bend not only to justice, but it has to bend to
1: truth. Well, it seems as though with the arc and its bending. (laughs) Here we go
4: folks. Don Don come and get him. Get the hook. Go ahead.
0: (laughs) Ark is
1: being held erect by lies, by the propaganda media that is so powerful now in this country headed by the, I would say, the sewer rats of communications such as Rupert Murdoch and Fox News. They have introduced a new climate of just tell the lie, and no one will dare challenge you. No one will call you out on a consistent basis. And that's what Mitt Romney is doing to become President of the United States. And unless the people who want Barack Obama to be president and support him, and unless they challenge these ABCs and NBCs and all of these alphabet soup media moguls to tell the truth. This man, Rachel Rachel Maddow, did a great piece, a second piece on Mitt Romney and his lies. And it just seems not to resonate. Not tomorrow. You will have the same cast of clowns that will be hosting these Sunday shows that are 86 percent Republican, 70 percent, I'm sorry, 70 percent Republican, 86 percent men, and 92 percent white. But these, this is supposed to be an informative. A venue for people to learn about our political system, and the people who go to those shows, they really can't because they aren't being
2: fed yeah.
1: the truth. They aren't being nourished with facts. And as long as the press facilitates and and co-signs and carries the dirty water for the right that owns them, the, the five or six conservative uh, corporations that own 95% of the media, they're not going to allow it. And where, where we speak from, the venue we speak from, has turned into the last bastion of hope for what we do. Janice, I know you got to close it out, but uh, thank you for the programming that you bring. Uh, like um, like your caller says, uh, it's been a while. I was even involved in politics. Uh I didn't get a computer until 2008. And therefore I was not involved in politics until then. I want to thank you and I want to thank all the people in your chat room. Thank you very much.
4: Thank you Alpha for for your call and for your support of this program and of TruthWorks for those of you who are unfamiliar With TruthWorks, it's a network sponsored by our Common Ground, Monday through Friday, uh, programming each evening on Tuesday at TruthWorks uh, in celebration of Black Music History Month. We're going to be doing two hours of looking at the history of the blues and the history of jazz in America as brought to you by African Americans. I want to thank uh, folks in the chat room. I want to thank Stuart Clinton. I also want to thank Scorpio1600, who constantly supports this program by anything that I tweet, he tweets 10 times <laughs> during the course of the day. Doc Don, thank you for being with us. Michelle, we want to thank uh, Darcy Della Prosa for her work as well as joining us, East Coast Sam is in the chat room, and all of our guests uh, who have joined us tonight at Our Common Ground. Next Saturday night at Our Common Ground, Suzanne Brooks, the author of The Constructive Extermination of Women of Color, Consequences of Perpetual Socioeconomic Marginalization. Suzanne, a friend of the show, as well is going to be joining us, and we're also going to be talking to her. It's interesting that she is also a jazz vocalist and has her own band and uh, performs uh, across the country. She is a lecturer and an activist in the issues and the matter of African American women and women of color. I'm Janice Graham. You've been here, and we thank you so very much. We'll see you next week. The week after, we'll be talking with Reverend Matthew Johnson, Every Church, a Peace Church, uh, talking about the destruction of the black church's role in our community by way of this whole thing that they call prosperity gospel, the prosperity gospel movement. Thanks so much for being with us. You have a good Sunday. And don't forget, catch Melissa Harris Perry tomorrow morning at 930. I'm Janice Graham. Figure out who you are and what we need in activism in our community. Be well. May the force be with you. You've been tuned to Our Common Ground. I'm Janice Graham. Thank you so much for being with us tonight. And don't forget, here, Our Common Ground each Saturday, 10 p.m., speaking truth to power and ourselves, transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. Have a great weekend.